The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 77. Yay, double digits. Yeah, parallel well, I guess edition. There's that joke I do every once in a while. I guess every episode on, since 10 has been double digits, so that was kind of... Yeah, but like kind of double similar digits. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that's why yeah. I say parallel numbers edition. Twinsies. And also, 7-7, seven, seven, that's, that's pretty lucky, isn't it? It It is, I think. I mean, it's two-thirds lucky. Well, your unluckiest lucky host of the day are Chris and... Savannah, and I do want to use this time to speak about how unlucky I am. Excellent. Um, if you're watching the video to this, audio listeners, I apologize, but I will describe what happened. Um, behind me, I have both of my uh, stringed instruments up on the wall, finally. It looks because a little strange and different. It, it does. I used to have a Tripping Daisy framed picture that one day fell on my back while I was sitting at the desk. <laughs> and uh, now that you said that, I'm going to pop it up on the screen, the text you sent me with the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I felt like I was in a death, ma- uh, death match wrestling match. I, I bent over to pick something up off the floor. I don't know if the back of my chair touched it. It was far up the wall, so I don't know what the deal was. But it fell and it broke on my back. So that was exciting and fun. And uh, if you listen to the Mars Volta episode, uh, I might be cursed. I might be cursed. And to the video <laughs> viewers, I got a new poster of there's Cedric and Omar in the background behind me. So that Bedlam and Goliath curse, it, it's, it was positive at first. That made it number one on the show. But now it's <laughs> like really reared its ugly head. So to reverse this this so-called curse, should I buy a Ouija board and and sort of fiddle around with it to kind of undo any bad that has come yeah, upon me? Buy an old ancient Ouija board out of like an old market in some weird town, but you yeah. have to use a CD copy of Bedlam and Goliath as like the little hand piece that moves around Ooh. the board. Ooh. That's the only way it's going to work or else it won't. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I'll think about it and then not think too hard because that sounds terrifying. Excellent. It's a good thing that we can cut off there because my God, we've rambled on too long. We haven't even barely, we've <laughs> not really even started the episode. So you know what? Welcome to today's show. We're glad you're here. Hope you enjoy your stay. We get around to music reviews eventually. Don't worry. I promise you, but we just got to get to the, the fancy beginnings first. And apparently that's fancy or anything, but if you do happen to like what you see and or hear today, depending on how you're listening to this, make sure you do one of a bunch of things, combination of things, maybe even all of them would be awesome. Like subscribe, rate, comment, share, follow all of those things help us build our community, musical community that you know that we're trying to build piece by piece by brick by brick by vinyl record by vinyl record whatever regardless we are trying to build that community we want you to be a part of it your comments suggestions your reviews everything help that so yeah go ahead and do all of those things no matter where you are and then we rate the record eventually I, I haven't cut you off in a while so i really had to do that C- cut me off while i was silent okay good job you, you have to step in while i'm speaking and now if you do it it's just gonna be in spite of me saying that it won't be that great 
You've ruined your gonna, opportunity. Yeah, I wasn't going to do it because I'd be like, well, you told me to, so I ain't going to do it now. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Demand, resistance, defiance. Uh, Enter filthy Frank clip here. Know your place, trash. <laughs> Dot MP4. Anyway, <laughs> or WebM, I guess. But yes, this is the Rate the Record podcast, and you can do all those things to help us out and everything like that, because apparently you just like us bickering like this. But if you like it that much, there's also a... Uh, a financial option to support the show that you can do. Kofi.com slash rate the record. Join the RTR club. Five bucks a month. They get you a bunch of stuff. Bonus content. And uh, you, you get a shout out. If you have music, we will go ahead and listen to that and rate it on a very specific non-canonical list to the podcast. But it'll be canonical to Kofi at the very least. So you can do that if you want to support us uh, with the RTR club or just a one-time donation too. You can do whatever you want. Regardless, go over there. Kofi.com slash rate the record. And hey, help us out. Help us quit our jobs. Yay! Please, please, please. I think you please. want to more than me, but still, yeah. <laughs> please. Uh, but yeah, support the show in any, any way you can. You could also do that on our social medias. You could do that by checking our website. You could do that by requesting albums. You could do that by joining the album giveaway, which for May 2023, we are giving away of the art, a copy of the Arctic Monkeys. Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Brand new vinyl copy. We actually have it. I showed it on last week's show, and it's on our social medias and everything like that. Yeah. Too. Regardless, all of those things can be found at ratetherecord.ca. So make sure you're checking that out, staying in the loop, following us, joining us. Don't stalk us, though. It's all good. Just be friendly about it. Uh, you can stalk me. Just don't stalk me in real life, please. But then again, I never leave my house. So good luck. Do you, you got nothing incriminating on social media after saying that? I mean, there are things on Facebook, which it like you can't really see if you're not friends with me anyways. Uh, when those memories come up, you look at them going, oh, my God, I said that. Or why did I like share so much? It's far more cringy than it is incriminating. Um, but then again, you can't really learn to be not cringy until you realize what cringe really is. And that is my 10-year-old Facebook posts. The ones that you oh. frequently share, because I see them when you, yeah, right? when, they, <laughs> you, when you bring them up, I usually end up seeing them. I'm just, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, damn, she actually must have liked that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I look at it going, oh, my God, this is terrible. Or I want people to see how unfunny I am, but how funny I thought I was. There you go. Um, but yeah, so support us, do all that kind of stuff, wraitherecord.ca, check it all out, and uh, yeah, stalk Savannah because she hasn't done anything incriminating except the OnlyFans thing, but you still haven't found it yet, no one's found it, so technically no crime has been committed. So If you can uh, find it, it, it's free. Not true, it is a paywall. <laughs> liar. Anyways, we gotta get to talking about stuff today because that's why we're here. Sometimes I wish this was just a rambling podcast because yeah. we'd be succeeding greatly right now. But this is a music review podcast. We're not doing well, so better pick up real quick. It's episode yes. 77, and Woo. today Savannah has chosen the album for us. And despite the fact that she's picked it, I happen to have it right here behind me, video viewers. Oh, I do not own Double it. <laughs> album fucking Woo. copy of oh. Paul McCartney and Wings Band on the Run. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because like this is literally only one album. It's nine songs, but the second vinyl is like literally nothing but like bonus stuff and everything. Ooh. I like that. And also I should mention too, I don't want that to fall. There we go. I have to like say this stuff out loud so the audio viewers know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> or audio listeners, I guess. They're not viewing anything. But um I'll mention real quick. We're doing nine songs in the original UK yes. release. Uh, as much as I wish we did Helen Wheels, it's not technically a real release thing. It's like that came with the US version, like later versions, but the original UK release didn't have it. It was like a separate single. So 
Only nine songs in this one. Uh, because I am a robot on autopilot, I did write that into the uh, band artist intro, and I will be repeating that again for anyone who missed it this time. Fantastic. And I, I've kind of figured you would too but at the same yeah. time i just went ahead and said it anyways <laughs> but anyways if you're new to the show here then uh i mean well first off hello welcome to the show but i also want to welcome back those who have been here before you know what we do you know that we ramble way too much but yet you're still here thank you very much by the way but if you are new here yes as i said welcome we are glad to have you here we do review music eventually but first i'll tell you what we do on the show because chances are you don't know so each week savannah and i will choose an album be completely at random like she randomly chose this one this week so I did. hey that's just a choice you could do we also do anime anniversary albums 20 30 40 years whatever we'll take a look at it as long as it's significant and of course requests we have plenty of those we did one of those last week too the last one of season four and we have more coming for season five regardless we do choose an album we just we just discuss the entire thing front to back at length we rank the songs and then you can't say because we already you said it earlier rank the record rate the record there you go Shut well, up. maybe if you could get it right i would <laughs> Because I was thinking about the little uh, stunt you pulled last week when you literally said rank the records, and that's why I, I don't know, fuck it. We rank the records! Walk your way out of this one. I can do whatever I want, I'm the host. I'm also the editor, so I could have just cut out that whole part and made it sound correct. God damn it. Every time I say that, I'll cut something out I never do. Yeah, hell no. All right, well, we should probably get on with this review since, you know, we have... uh, a whole album discusser, nine whole songs. So uh, Savannah's going to go ahead and tell us a little bit about Paul McCartney, whoever this guy is, and his band, The Wings. <laughs> Paul McCartney was a member of the Beatles. If you do not know the Beatles, you are too young to listen to this podcast. Go to bed. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, I will not. I will not be speaking about his time with the Beatles. That is unnecessary when it comes to this. So we are jumping straight to after contention with other members about a myriad of issues. McCartney left the Beatles in 1970 and filed a suit for the band's formal dissolution on December 31st, 1970. I nearly had a panic attack because I thought you said the Buggles. I was like, we're not talking about them again. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. Well, good thing they only released one album. Um, but we could do the uh, the Yes album that he was featured on, so we'll see. Uh, Paul McCartney's first album, McCartney, was released in 1970 after a period of depression following the Beatles' breakup. In 1971, the band Wings was formed with Linda McCartney and drummer Denny Sewell, Sewell after collaborating with them for his second album, Ram, also released in 1971. Wings played together until 1981 and released seven full-length albums. The album we're talking about today was the third album released as Wings, the fifth album Paul McCartney released after leaving the Beatles, and the second album Wings released in 1973. Band on the Run was released on December 5th, 1973, and was recorded in London, England, and Lagos, Nigeria. It was produced by Paul McCartney and released three singles, Jet, Band on the Run, and Helen Wheels. Helen Wheels, like Chris said, was later added to the album for the North American release, but we're reviewing the original release as it was intended the first day it was brought into the world. Heck yeah. 
Band on the Run was nominated for Album of the Year and won Best Engineered Non-Classical Album at the 1975 Grammys. What a strange category. Very much so. In 2012, the album won another Grammy for Best Historical Album. Historical? Apparently, yeah. Uh, In 2012, it would have been, what, 30 years? 31 years. 30, 29. I'm not sure. 29, maybe. Can't do math. Um, During its original release, the album hit number one in the United States, UK, Spain, Norway, Canada, and Australia. It is certified three times platinum in the U.S. and the U.K., but the threshold for platinum status is different in both countries. Platinum still platinum. Reviews for the album are mostly favorable, with Rolling Stone giving it a five out of five, and our friends at All Music gave it a four and a half out of five. Yes, that relationship's on the mend right now. Yeah, it's the the better they are, the better we are to them. In 2000, in the year 2000, Q Magazine placed Band on the Run at number 75 on its list of the 100 greatest British albums ever. In 2012, the album was voted 418th on Rolling Stone's revised list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. So it's not super high on the list, but it's on the list. I'll I'll say I'm impressed by Rolling Stone considering that they took a Beatle and didn't put him super duper high on the list. Right, Right? yeah. I expected at least top 50 for a Paul McCartney album. (laughs) Ringo Starr, number three. Oh my God. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, this is a a strange one. I, I can't say anything about that yet because we haven't even gotten to the album. But I own the damn thing. Yeah. So I like it to an extent. Oh. What the okay. hell does that mean? Well, I guess I we're going to have to find, find out. out, huh? Yeah, I'm a little curious and scared. Well, I'll explain what I mean at the end if I remember to explain it. If not, then that's going to be left vague forever. But I think you'll get it through my review, though. Excellent. Speaking of review, I guess it's time to do that. So let's jump into the album. Song number one, the title track itself, Band on the Run. You first, please. Yeah, it's your album, isn't it? And I know the rules. <laughs> Sucker. Um, okay. I, I have to have a, an overall note to start this particular song, though, because this one's like three and one. Although, if you want to do the math on it, I'm pretty sure it's like 60% Band on the Run and like divide up the other portions that are very tiny and minuscule at the beginning of the song. Anyways, uh, I'm not a fan of all three style clashes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I get that Paul was likely going for emphasis on different parts of the story of the song because uh, like the song is about the band on the run. You know, the first part feels like it's like about jail and then talk about like, Hey, I'm going to get out of here. And the third part, they got out and everyone's looking for them. Mm-hmm. So that's the story I get from it. At least by the way, we don't do lyrical analysis, but like, it's Paul McCartney. He doesn't write complex lyrics. Yeah. But my problem is the three sections that are in the song do not transition well at all. The, it is some of the worst transitioning in any album I've ever heard. And that's saying a lot considering I've heard some bullshit in my time. <laughs> I mean, it feels like poorly planned, poorly executed, but like, I will say each section sounds fine on its own though. I do. I do note that, uh, 
even as a kid, I found it kind of strange because like you'd listen to, you know, three minute pop songs, whatever's on the radio as a kid, you just listen to whatever's played for you. But I always thought that it was weird that this song was in multiple parts because it was one of the first, if not the first song that I remember hearing that was like that, let alone one of the first songs I ever remember hearing, period, in like in my entire life. That that would sound like a fitting statement, like not even just talking about our age, but I mean, like this album and song, the the song itself is like still really popular to this day. So, I mean, like I can imagine one of the earliest songs you remember is likely this one. Like, I know I heard this when I was super young. It's not the first I heard, but it was definitely like up there, probably. I think there there are three songs that I specifically remember when I oh, God, I think I'm not sure if my brother was born yet. So that means I was either three and a half or four years old or so. So it was Band on the Run, um, Do It Again by Steely Dan and 2112, like the song by Rush. The I remember 20 minute or thing. Well, pretty much just the beginning where it's like doing all that, like, oh, I don't like know the, how to, the, the, uh, the intro, the, the overture portion. Yeah, like, that. The four temples of syrinx. Well, both of those, you know, the one that they play live. So it's the Overture okay, and they, Temples of Syrinx. Yeah, it's like two. six minutes right there. Yeah. yeah. That's those what the are first the, lucky. I didn't hear that the very oh, yeah. first time I remember music. Well, I grew up with, well, I was born to a father that uh, had Rush as their favorite band. And now look at me. Um, oh. So I actually have three more notes and they're each about each part of the song, like each different Excellent. section. So they're pretty short. The first part is a nice, calm start to the album. Kind of feels like tropical in a way and everything like that. It has some, like a nice, soft and flowy, reflective type of feeling. Uh, the second part's probably probably my least favorite. Like I like the instrumentals, but like... I know there's all of like five lines sung at this entire portion. It's incredibly <laughs> short and feels like a very poor transition. Again, there you go. I use that. The third part feels like the actual song, though, because it's also the longest. It's like two and a half yeah. minutes. The song is five minutes and 12 seconds, and this is like two and a half minutes. So this third of the song, if you even want to measure it that way, takes up the most of the song. And this is what the song actually is. Um I actually like this though, this because again, I feel like this is the actual main part of the song. It's a, got a good, fun pacing to it, great acoustic work, and it's uh, far catchier than any of the other parts previously because obviously it has the refrain in it too. So that's why. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I I may uh, sort of repeat things that I've said in that whole banter of rush flags and such. Um, so I do like that this song is the first on the album. Not only is it the title track, it's kind of an introduction before they really pull the curtain on the rest of the album. It's like, hey, band on the run. Haha, <laughs> look at this. And then I kind of, I don't know, I kind of imagine this song like a play, like a stage play where it's like different parts, different scenes, whatever. Um, but the whole album kind of makes me feel like that, where this song is where the curtains are closed, like someone comes, gives a monologue, then the curtains are open, then the rest of the album sort of plays through and all that stuff. Um, but like I said, it's the this song is one of the first songs I remember ever hearing. It is a warm blanket that makes me feel safe. And that's before breaking down any of the parts, the musicality, the lyrics, anything like that. The tone is just so warm that it's just like, it makes me feel so good. And that's why I always sort of um, t- 
talk about and rave about the analog sound because it is so warm and crackly and just, uh, it is beautiful. And I love it so much. And I find this is one of the songs that I whistle long after it's over. The the only part of the song I've ever come back to, it's usually in a joking way. And like, it's like one of the first lines when I, I think he, uh, it, it's it's in the way that he sings it too. It's very like nasally. It's like stuck inside forever. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. I, I will sing that and nothing else just because like it's in my, it's like a fucking <laughs> stim or something. Like I'll, just, yeah. I'll say that out of nowhere because it's funny in my head. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll I'll whistle the guitar line, so I definitely understand that. But that that nasally, which one? There's like fucking tons of them um, because it's three different songs. Uh, like the 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 first part. Sometimes it's the beginning where it's just like uh, I can't even do it. I can't because you're gonna hear it. You're gonna hear it in audio. It's just gonna sound like. You're gonna be like, bitch, can't whistle well, I remember at that all. part where the album just gave out. <laughs> any any memorable guitar line, I will whistle. Um, but, uh, but your, your nasally Paul McCartney voice reminds me of his Christmas, uh, Christmas offering. We don't talk about that. We don't ever (laughs) discuss that that under any fucking context. I will end this call immediately. This episode will not go out. We are done talking about fucking wonderful ass Christmas time. I like that song. That ruins Christmas. David David Bowie and Bing Crosby. I like that I can deal with them doing Little Drummer Boy. That's fine. But Wonderful Christmas Time is actually universally said to be one of the worst Christmas songs of all time. And I couldn't agree more. Whoever came up with that theory first, I will suck their dick because they're so right about it. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I like that song. I bet you do. That's what makes our dynamics so contentious. I'm willing to suck a dick about for someone who hates a song, and you're just like, I like this. That that's that's our fucking dynamic. That's how this works. (laughs) Uh, Just just before we move on, though, because I mean, like, again, still talk about band on the run. I want to talk about the album cover real quick since we're on the title track. This thing has always bothered me. Like, listen, I get the concept behind it. By the way, audio listeners, I know I'm going to try to describe it best I can, but you can just Google a picture and follow along or something along the lines of that, or maybe you know what it looks like. So I'm showing it off to the camera right now. I mean, you can see Paul McCartney there. That's just keeping that in mind. I'm assuming that's Linda, but I can't even be certain. Uh, But okay. Paul's the only one. And also this dude in the back here, just behind and peeking his head out are the only two like really giving a shit about this photo opportunity. Okay, so first off, I want to talk about Mr. Tada over here. Clearly, yeah. like, is he 10 feet tall or is he standing on the only box they found in this alleyway? This is the weirdest fucking thing. They this needed guy- to fill out the spotlight, so they needed him yeah, taller. But, so they, like, he's, yeah, he's I, love the, I love the idea that he's eight feet tall. Like, like I, hello, cab, ignore these peons. Come get me. Also, ignore the police chasing us, apparently. Yeah. Uh, this guy's clearly just trying to leave. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So he's trying to get the hell out of there. My, uh, my, my rate goes higher if I'm here longer than two hours. Can so I go? Ignore literally everyone else on this cover. I'm talking about yes. finger guns over here. What the fuck is he doing and why? Like, okay, so, like, I get it. You're on the run. Ooh, uh, freeze, coughs. Like, yeah. like, you could, like, this is the dumbest pantomime bullshit you could do. And I hate that it's in the shadow. I just noticed that and I fucking hate that yeah. even more. Okay. But, like, this is the dumbest idea. I, I, <laughs> this album cover bothers me. Okay, but that guy, the guy with the finger guns, he has the guy next to him pulling on his jacket like no don't go towards them so what i think it is is i think the guy was selling 
like counterfeit items through his jacket. Right. So when the cops found him, the other guy was like, man, hide your goods and then pulled his jacket closed. And then the guy was like, why? Because of the cops. And then the cops ended up shooting them all. They're all dead now. Yeah, because the finger guns couldn't fire back. Exactly. You can learn from that. Or the cops were so intimidated. They were like, oh, my God, he's got a gun. And then completely just annihilated all what? Eight of them. He could have learned a thing or two from an American. (laughs) Ha ha. American joke. Sorry, American listeners. But, you know, I'm right. That's really where all that. Um, But I think the thing I like even more about this like slash hate is if you look at finger guns, he's the only one smiling. Everyone else looks genuinely concerned, except uh, Baldy over here, who just like. He's like, when's lunch? When when do we get break? But he like, fucking wish. finger guns is actually smiling. He's like barely too. He's kind of like, he's like, he's proud of what he's doing, but only kind of. <laughs> okay, now I do do not. It's not much of a story, but from the brief lines that I read in Wikipedia while writing this uh, band introduction um, for this proud. album, for this album, it was Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, and that drummer denny guy um there were two denny's that were in the band i can't recall what his last name was but um it, there was literally those three and i think that's why there's only three on the back who denny the lane fuck, yeah who the fuck were the rest of them then because the rest of the band or quote band had left during the recording of this album so who the fuck are those are those yeah people? exactly mr eight foot tada uh, not Christ- even in the band. christopher lee finger guns over here whoever this guy is like yeah uh, like, i think these three here like paul linda and denny lane i think that's the only members of the and band and yeah. then like all these other people like paul's just like oh shit why did i join these guys yeah yeah like, who the fuck even are they? Only three of them play on the album. And the weirdest part is if you go through, like, the inside album art, it's literally pictures of them in Nigeria having fun with, like, civilians, which is yeah. nice and wholesome and stuff like that. So, I don't know. This, everything about this clashes, and it bothers me, especially finger guns over here. I'm going to get this tattooed on me. I was just waiting for you to close the uh, close the record and just hurl it across the room. You're like, I'm done with this. No, Except for the you. part where I don't want to do that. Fair enough. I'd be like, fuck the oh no. Oh no. <laughs> okay, we talked about band on the run for a while, yeah. but I mean I felt like that was a legitimate thing to talk about while we were talking about the title track. Yes. I, so. I don't have much else to say about this that I'm not gonna say in the rest of the album, so I'll save it. That's fine. So we'll move on to what I think is probably the bigger single on this album for sure, Jet. Really? Really? You would disagree. I I don't know. I like the other one better. Well, your like versus what is possibly the bigger single. I think Jet. I feel like I hear them both about the same amount. I don't know how it was when they first were released, though. But Jet did come out before uh, Band on the Run as a single. So maybe that's why. And uh, well, it's funny because like I like this version of Jet, and also um, to anyone who's part of our Kofi RTR club, we did the band The White Swan as an album review on there, and one of their songs, not on that particular album, we did. They actually covered Jet. You oh. know what they sound like, so imagine that yeah. in that style, but it was Jet. Interesting. It's I'll really cool, that. actually. I really like it. It's super cool. Nice. Uh, but anyways, we're talking about Wings version of Jet, the original here. Uh, yeah. I thought this was a really good start to the song. I really like it. The slow beats, like great building up to like this feeling of like rising. The instrumentals are really fun, especially with like, the horns that kind of get thrown in there as well. So 
super cool to go on that. And like when we go to the, through the verses too, I really like the uh, the low buzzing synth that kind of just drives the entire thing. A lot of energy. I mean, it adds a lot of the energy to the flow of the song. So right off the bat, I'm enjoying this song. Uh, to this day, and I felt like this decades ago, uh, I think the intro horns sound aggressive and I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because the song starts out like full force. There's not a ramp up to it. It's just, this is it, right? As soon as it starts. So I'm like, okay, like you gotta, you gotta prime me here. Jeez Louise. Um, I do find the chorus massively fun to sing though. Of course. And I mentioned this later on in the album. I am well aware that it's mostly just the title word in the chorus. I'm well aware, but sometimes it's done. Oh, it's done. Okay. Uh, Other times it's irritating. So this time it was done. Okay. Well, because with this song and even others on this album, um, when it's just for repetition, there's at least things between like, in this one, they're like, yeah. And yeah, like it breaks it up. And right? even though they say jet and what I assume is the pre-course, like I thought the major was late, like whatever. Um, like it, it still kind of feels different each time. So mm. like you, you can still like appreciate it at the very least. So it's not just like buggles, like here's the same line five times in a row. Yeah, kid dynamo, kid dynamo, kid dynamo, kid dynamo. I fucking get it. That's the one I like the most. You're not allowed to pick on that one. <laughs> you can literally pick any other song, including Video Kill the Radio Star, but you pick the one I like the most. Thanks. I get it. I get the message loud and clear. Um, all right, let's see what else Good. I got about the song. Because we're Good. gonna keep talking about uh, wings over here. Yes. Uh, and like your name implies, not the show, just the band. um the chorus kind of works actually as both the chorus and the verse because i know after what i assume is the pre-chorus and they just say jet and then they do the ooh section it's like it's it sounds like the verse uh it it blends in almost completely but i will say there's a discernible pre-chorus obviously it's a great middle ground but the thing is it's still just so fun all the way through and the song's not super long it's four minutes and nine seconds so it's doesn't really catch you off guard. It's just something that you have fun with all the way through. And I, I, I kind of mm-hmm. like that. Um, what else have I got? I got one more. Now. I just want to make sure I was reading everything properly here. Uh, brain fart. As if that doesn't happen weekly. Never. But yeah, uh, the pre-course is a great middle ground because like it just slows down enough to be a quick breath before like kind of launching back out. So I guess that's what makes the verses and courses more tolerable, even though they sound the same. It's because yes. there's always something dividing them at the very least. So I like that. And overall, this song is just, it's super fun. It's simple, super catchy, as you kind of alluded to already. So yeah. I really like this one. I've always, I always have. I've always had a soft spot for Jet. Actually, that's the song that probably made me buy this vinyl in the first place. Just saying. Really? Not not the only song, but probably one of the yeah. main ones. Interesting. Um, so I only have a couple, uh, couple questions, couple uh, observations. Um, now I found now okay for a couple of these songs on this album is the same thing, but I'll just mention it as they come up. But this was the first one that I don't know if it was just me, but I had to turn this one down in my earbuds because the treble was just going to fucking kill me. It just, it was very loud when I was trying to really get into sort of those background or the sort of the lower tones that I could hear. And then it just kind of, I don't know, the treble was very loud in my ears um is paul mccartney a prog king 
No. <laughs> because some of these songs, and you had mentioned um, on Band in the Band on the Run, that it's in like couple uh, little segments that they don't really mesh well and stuff. And I kind of feel like he's trying to do sort of a, the the first one that I heard that was like that was Hard Day's Night, where it's kind of have no was it Hard Day's Night or what was that one where he he drags the comb across his head and he's like a getting ready life. for the day that. Um, because that has like more than one part. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, that that was because that was like a, an indecision between like Lennon and McCartney about yeah. how they wanted the song to go, so they just threw in both. So I feel like he's doing that on his own now, which is like which is weirder bits. because I mean, like it's one thing if you're combining with another songwriter and you have two styles that clash. It can yeah. be interesting. Like a day in the life is a great song. It's amazing. Yeah. I like um, it. but like when you're doing that on your own, it's just like man, don't don't get too. F- fucking weird about it come on now and i feel like he was kind of going down that vein like to be honest i haven't listened to any of paul mccartney's solo records or wings uh albums that came before this so i'm not sure if this was a decision now or if it was just a long-standing thing that he's been doing uh this is the first time i've heard it um, but it does feel like some of these songs don't have like a typical layout or they sort of have multiple parts and then, which kind of leads me to think that, or leads me to imagine it like a stage play kind of thing, you know, part one, part two, whatever. Um, now this one I've always kind of wondered, and I only Googled while doing this review. Um, so this song, uh, mentions suffragette, suffragette. Yes. Uh, no idea what that means or meant. And David Bowie's Suffragette City. I'm like, I don't understand. Well, apparently Wait, it means do, do, a woman. I was going to say, you've never heard of a suffragette, though? Like the, the I movement? do not. I had no idea what that was. I had to Google it. I, yeah. I, I'm the man here. You're the woman. I'm surprised yeah. you haven't heard of suffragette. They're the reason why you can vote right now. Just say that much. Yeah, well, give me better options and I might. Um, absolutely fair but i it's a woman seeking the right to vote through organized protest didn't know that so i learned something new do you want to hear another interesting fact on that about this song too yes Yes, Uh, so okay i i I couldn't find the article but i know this exists paul mccartney was interviewed uh as to why he brought that up in the song because it seems really irrelevant like to just kind of throw it up out of nowhere he claims to have just made the word up. And I'm just like, there is no way in shit you just made that up. Like that, not only is that such a weird word to just suddenly come up with and on the spot, but I yeah. mean, like, it, it was an important movement in women's history, which apparently you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but but still, idea. the idea is like, I don't know. I feel like someone like Paul McCartney would know that. So why say mate, you made it up? He's a fucking liar because Suffragette City by David Bowie came out a year before this album did. Who knows that he knows anything about that song? I fucking, I don't even know. They're both English and it's a small country. They should all know each other. Except for the part where they're all over the, both all over the world. And apparently Paul McCartney was in Nigeria at this point. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Paul McCartney is a liar. You know what? If he wants to, def- if he wants to refute it, he can come to my house. You're right. He did abuse Heather Mills. I'm going to get sued for saying that. I don't mean that. <laughs> Hey, that no, she was claiming that and she's a fucking liar. Well, she's she was also at 26, 25 years younger than him. They got married when when uh, she was my age, our age. Yeah. And she she was trying to hunt down his money by being a complete prick. 
I would never marry my grandfather. What is this? Some people really love their grandfather. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, I think we can move on. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done talking yeah. about Jet and Heather Mills and all that stuff. God damn it. There's a lot of people who don't like Heather Mills, so a lot of people appreciate what I just said anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, she got a leg up on the rest. Yeah, that's why she only has one leg to hop on. Fucking peg leg ass pirate. I think I was saying, no, I said that last week when we were off the episode. I was making a bunch of peg leg pirate jokes. Yes. yes. <laughs> because I didn't want to give it away in the episode. Anyways, uh, you know who's not a bluebird is Heather Mills. So song number three, Bluebird. <laughs> I do want to say before you start, I was expecting Blackbird, but apparently they're not the same song. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. No, it's a, definitely a Beatles <laughs> I track. I written heard by, this. And- <laughs> to be fair, it is written by McCartney. <laughs> I heard this and I was like, I don't know this song. I'm like, I thought I knew this one. Apparently not. <laughs> no, yeah. Two two different birds, two different songs, yeah. two different bands, technically. Yes. But written by the same guy. So that's the only thing that connects us at one point or another. Um, so I, I don't want to completely spoil it, but I feel like I'm going about, about to spoil things here. Yeah. I'm not huge on this song. And that's me putting it very politely. Yeah. Um, th- first off, this follows the energy behind Jet. I'm like, okay, this <laughs> great job. Yeah. I mean, good choice on album placement, I suppose, if you really want me to say something nice. Although yeah. it's, I don't mean that in the slightest. I'm only going to interject when you say something that I already have. Jesus Christ, could they have pulled the brakes anymore? <laughs> So I agree. <laughs> do you have anything to say about the lyrics by chance? I do not. I do not. Okay, okay. Which is funny because um, with you and repetition of the courses, I thought you would have. So um, this one's going to be a little lengthy, but I, I had to do this. I haven't done anything like this since Hedgehog Facts, but the idea is though, this is relevant to what we're talking about though. This is relevant to the song. unlike fucking Hedgehog. <laughs> oh Lord. That was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. People go watch Brooks and Dunn. That was, that was a, that was a weird, but funny episode. Um, so lyrically, this song feels very uninspired to me, like super uninspired. And every time I've heard the song, I own the vinyl. I've heard it more than once. I know what the fuck this song is, Yeah. but every time I've heard it, it's just like, I don't know. It feels like he didn't even try with the lyrics. And I don't know how much of a hand Linda had in it. Yeah. Uh, Cause I know that sometimes he shared the writing duties with her, but like this feels like crap. Like, and so I did some math because I was like, he sure says bluebird a lot in this song. And there's websites that show this too. I wish I wrote down the website so I can call it out. Maybe I'll do it like a, in the description if I remember to, but regardless, I did some math on how many times the word bluebird appears in this song. So Bluebird, as one word, takes up 36% of all words in the song. That's 47 instances out of 229. But here's some more stats for you. The second most prominent word is yeah, with 18 instances. That's 14% of the song. Then the words ah and ha both have nine instances, putting them both at 7%. That's your song. Like, just filler terms in the same fucking refrain take yep. up the entire song. I am ashamed that I did not notice that. Or care to put that much uh, arithmetic work into proving a point. Oh, I really wanted to because it was bothering me that much. I was <laughs> I was about to do the math myself. I was literally going to, like, write, type up the lyrics, look at them all, and, like, separate them. And then I found a website that does that for me. I'm like, perfect, thank you. <laughs> really? Interesting. Ooh. It was written by both of them, by the way. Okay, I don't uh, know. I don't know if that's a, a gift or a curse at this point. 
Um, every every song on the album was written by Paul and Linda, except for No Words, which is on side two, uh, was Paul McCartney and Denny Lane. That's it. All righty then. Well, so your hunch was correct. I got more to say, but I just said a lot. So please take over for a minute while my mouth yes. gets saliva back in it. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just coming off of Jet, uh, I felt that I felt pleased that I wasn't being orally uh, ambushed. Uh, it was a little quieter, a little slower. Uh, again, uh, they definitely pulled the brakes after Jet. I feel like with the song, uh, there's not much happening. It feels like a palate cleanser. I didn't mind the saxophone because it does add another layer of interest, but it didn't last and it felt like it lacked enthusiasm, even slow enthusiasm. It just kind of felt like they were like, oh, here's our eight notes and then we're done. Uh, It was okay, And that's literally all I had. Um, well, first off, it's funny how I didn't notice the saxophone in this one only because I've made a note about the saxophone later in the album. It, yeah, maybe <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I think it's like a couple songs away at the very least. Yeah. I don't remember, but I said that there's actually a lot about the instrumentals that I actually don't really like about this song. Like, it's, yeah. it goes a little too smooth, and especially coming off the energy of Jet, like, there are like quieter songs on this album that could have fit so much better in this place, but like this yeah. one just brought it down way too fucking much. I will say it's nice and relaxing, but this one like pulls back pretty hard and it doesn't really feel all that good in the process. So overall, I mean, I've probably spoiled my placement on the list for that. That's fine. That's fine. I, I like when stuff like this happens. So my final note is I don't like it. So if you'll excuse me, I'm going to drink from my comedically large box of vodka iced tea. Now while Savannah finishes up. Um, I'm actually finished. So we're all just going to stare at you drink from your comically large box of iced tea. Uh, wait, I'm going to take one more mouthful then. Good job. Good job. I do have to uh, sing the praises of boxed wine uh, while he's doing that. Um, boxed wine is not a representation of how poor or how trashy you are. Uh, it really is a representation of how efficient and how smart you are because you can tote that shit anywhere. Also, they sell little like tote bags that you can put a box thing in and it has a little flap that you can stick a little nozzle through. And then all you have to do is press the button out of your tote bag and fill the cup. Hell yeah, a little nozzle yeah. here. Yeah, it's fantastic. But then put that in a bag and then lift a little Velcro flap to get the, the nozzle out. Fantastic. Just yeah. fantastic. I could have gotten a glass for that, but I thought for better comedic effect, I was just going to lift the box up and everything like that. But yeah, that I've had great sense. bottled wine that I've also found in box form. And I'm just like, and you get okay, more? cool. It, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's fine this way. It's got a little nozzle. I can deal with like, yeah. it doesn't make you trashy at all. I say, as I literally lift over my head and fucking press a button to feed myself. Yeah. And for me, I like getting box wine because it prevents my neighbors from going through my recycling on garbage day to take my wine bottles because I don't drink enough for it to be worth to return them. See, so I, I just recycle them. We, we collect our cans and bottles here, specifically alcohol. And yeah. we, we return the beer store. We get money back for it. We get cheap yeah. beer. Yes. Not not like cheap made beer, but we get beer for cheap because we get like yeah. essentially a discount from all the empties we have. I drink two beers a week and that's it. So it ain't worth it. For so me. you'll get cheap beer like a year from now. Yes. And the only time I drink is when we do this. Well, I could have. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. I could have polished that whole box of vodka, delicious vodka iced tea on that song alone. But I had oh, m- many Lord. more songs to go. So yes. let's do it. Number four, Mrs. Vand- uh, Vanderbilt. I want to say Vanderbilt, but it's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. 
Uh, there are so many so- sounds here that I love, although I'm not sure how I feel about the saxophone on this one. Wait. wait yes, I also mentioned the saxophone. That this was the one I was talking about. Excellent. So I guess I'll interject right there and just jump to that note immediately. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyone who's heard this uh, show in the past, we've mentioned horn sections before. Uh, Savannah's more likely to like them than me, although we tend yeah. to like differentiate on which ones we like somehow. I don't know. How yeah, and sometimes you think I'm going to like it and I hate it. And Bungle is the one that surprised and- <laughs> me the most because it's like, this is perfect. And then it wasn't perfect. Yeah. But, you know, if I listen to it now, I'm like, I accept it. I will take this now. Well, if you're listening to it <laughs> casually, I think you're going to be a much more appreciative than critically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you know me, I rarely give like the sax solo a hall pass for bands on this show. Oh, yeah. This one doesn't get it either. <laughs> I had to leave you in suspense there for a minute, but no, I just, uh, I, I don't know. There's nothing will ever touch. Um, what is it? Uh, Baker street by Jerry Rafferty. That is the perfect use of a sax solo ever. Not even fucking careless whisper touches that not even close. So if you're not Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty, then don't do sax solos. Not even uh, Kenny G. Not that fucking big, oily, sexy saxophone guy that plays at fucking cons or whatever. Um, what about uh, uh, what you can call me Al or whatever by Paul Simon? No. <laughs> not not even, even that one, eh? Barely Paul Simon at that point, but no. <laughs> And by barely Paul Simon, I mean, I barely care for him. I'm a, like Simon Garfunkel, maybe, but Paul Simon, his solo shit sucks. Diamonds on the soldiers or shoes. I, I don't give a shit. I really don't. I tried. I actually tried. I haven't listened to any of that. So oh, good. You're not missing much. Where I, I feel like we're missing an opportunity to review a Paul Simon album. I will just get do Simon on, Garfunkel. I feel better I will about get it. On, I will get on that. Thank you. I okay. feel so much better about Simon Garfunkel. Go ahead. Say more. I, I talked about the saxophone. Um, so this one felt a little, well, okay. You know what? Just going right with the saxophone, I'm just going to jump right to the end of the, uh, the notes here. The keyboards sound nice and pleasant, but the saxophone comes out of nowhere. And for what? 10 notes. And I bet some are repeated. So sorry, you do not meet the word count requirements. Um, it is a decent song. Um, it's fine. It's just there. Um, I like the acoustic guitar being on one side and the bass on the other. It adds texture. I like that. There is a song coming up that does the whole left, right side thing. And I fucking hate it, but this one's fine. Um, felt a little long and I did hear a bunch of lyrics. Uh, they're so obvious. Uh, you're right. What is the use of worrying? What's the use of hurrying? What's the use of anything? Life is weird, and if I go further, I'll fall into an existential spiral. Ah, we're millennials. This is just everyday life. For Holy us now. shit! And as soon as I heard, "What's the what's the point of or what's the use of anything?" I'm like, "Okay, you have my attention." Because well, it starts out like in a fairly positive sense, saying, "What's the use of worrying?" It's like you know, yeah, he, like, he's okay. right. Because I mean, like, what's that going to do besides just like take up time of my day? What's the yeah. worst use of hurrying? Okay, yeah, like you know, because yeah, lime in the like, coconut. We have, island vibes drake ass yolo i guess i mean you have one life to live so why not just take your time what's the use of anything that's a great question yeah right (laughs) i don't have a proper answer to that one so i'm just gonna keep listening yeah and i hear that i'm just like oh you mean what's the use of listening to the song next you you get the red buzzer it's not even bluebird you can't treat it like that (laughs) yeah it's not bad i I actually liked the song it was fine it was upbeat 
boppy. Yeah, it is. And I just like how you mentioned, like, you don't meet, like, the, the word count thing. And I'm, I just did a whole fucking bit about the, the word count in Bluebird. <laughs> You're one song off of my note, but it's okay. I'll take that. I'll accept yes. it. Uh, but yeah, I do agree. This is, a, a, like, a fun pickup coming off of that previous track I have in quotations on my notes, by the way. Yes. Um, it's much appreciated to have this. Um, the bass has a lot of presence in the song too. I do like the the stereo thing as you were mentioning because yeah. not one's not too overwhelming over the other. But I will say about the bass though, it's too bad the tone is like a bit muddy. It would have mm-hmm. like sounded better with a little bit more of like a mid and high range to it. Yeah. Um, not that it's awful, but just I don't know. I kind of wish there was like. It, Maybe it would have been too much in the ears because you have the acoustic pretty sharp in one, yeah, muddy in the other. I don't know. Uh, I would like to hear an example of it so that way I could have a better opinion. But as it stands right now, I just if it could have been mixed a little better, that would have been great. Other than that, it still sounds fine. I, I'm not gonna. It didn't deduct points for it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, and yeah, it's just great pacing overall. Uh, and the acoustic is actually a really nice touch. It's like um, there's quite a few instances. In, uh, instances there you go of acoustic guitar on the album uh some stand out more than others but this is one of the standout ones to me yep. the laughter at the end of the song sounds like a flock of murderous birds i didn't want to uh let that go without saying that so yeah that's the sound of the fucking seagulls taking my fries at hutches and fucking <laughs> i mean to a panic attack where i have to dive underwater yeah fuck birds birds suck birds and uh, mice you. that didn't happen to me but i did watch it happen to someone <laughs> That's funny. It is oh, because like this person, was, this person wasn't harmed. Okay. Like, yeah. so, uh, extremely quick story time. So we have a, we have a beachside restaurant here in Hamilton called Hutch's and I'm not going to lie. It fucking sucks, but people love it. I hate Never Hutch's. Been. Never been. It's overrated, overhyped, expensive, and just shitty. Anyway, it, everything's greasy, including the ice cream. <laughs> some, there's like some kid, when I say kid, he's like 14. He looked 14, I'm guessing, and looked that yeah. age. He's like, he's sitting there with like this large thing of fries, and he's like picking at them. And when, like the seagulls kind of start like hovering around him, like, oh man, of course he's fucking scavengers. Then they start dive bombing his fries. And he starts like panicking, like he started to swath them. He's like, <laughs> the best part was while he's trying to swath them, he's grabbing yeah. small handfuls and shoving them into his mouth. Trying to get rid of them. <laughs> but then at one point, I think one of the seagulls might have actually hit him in the head. So he drops the fries and runs to the water. So the, they don't even follow him, they just go right to yeah. the and he dives into the fucking lake oh my god that is hilarious too much better that they were young because well it would be funny if it happened to like a 60 year old too um, oh, I thought you were saying six-year-old. I was going to say, I agree. Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, anyone young and anyone old that would, like, be really irritated about it. But, you know, those old, enduring, like, 70, 80-year-olds that will feed the birds and they have some sort of weird kinship friendship? Yeah. No. No. I don't want anything to happen to them. They're delicate Well, souls. it wouldn't because the birds understand them. Yeah. But the people are like, go away, go. I'm like, yeah, peck him. Peck his forehead. <laughs> you ever see a, that video online of that kid being like riding a scooter really fast on a street being chased and dive bombed by a bird? He's just screaming no. and crying. Like he doesn't really get hurt. He's wearing a helmet too, I think. But like he's screaming, crying, like ducking down on a scooter. Like, and this is camera guy just recording and go down the street while this bird's chasing and dive bombing this kid. It's one of my oh. favorite videos. No, I have not. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Uh, I either just made a bunch of people love me or hate me just by saying that alone. 
Jesus Fuck my reviews. How do you feel about kids? I got some bad news for you, friend. <laughs> you wonder why you wonder why I plan on never being a dad. This is reason number one through eight. Uh, just don't fall in love with anyone who already has kids. <laughs> Sorry, Cody. It's okay, I, doesn't listen to this anyways. He listens to me from the other room. That's it. It's okay. Allison only listens to the one that she's ever requested. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. She will likely not listen to this one either. Uh, supportive partners, eh? Anyways, let's uh, let's move on to song number five. Let me roll it. <laughs> I thought this song was about drugs. I thought this was about I've, rolling a tire down a hill. <laughs> I've always thought this song was about drugs. And I saw the Grapes of Wrath play this song live. And still what, thought it was about can drugs. Can I ask what you thought about the song was about drugs? Uh, I thought it was about rolling a joint because Paul McCartney is like, he was a, you know, weed smoker. I, I can't tell you how I feel. My heart is like a wheel. Let me yeah. roll it. Let me because roll it I had you. never Let me heard... roll it to you as in let me roll my heart to you. Yes. It's okay. a love song. <laughs> yes. But I do want to say that at the end of this, I rated it a 10 out of 10 misleading. Because Since I when do you give know. misleading scores? Okay, I had never heard this song. I only heard the Grapes of Wrath play the song live. And when you're when you're front row at a small venue, it's like you can't hear anything. So I didn't know what the lyrics were until hearing it. And I was like, oh, this isn't even close to what I thought the song was about. I just thought it was about drugs. I, I just like I mentioned being like front row and you can't hear I anything. No that just reminds me of seeing the Dillinger escape plan being pretty close to the front. All I could hear was the kick of the bass drum and I couldn't yeah. hear anything else, but like I knew where they were in songs because I knew what songs they were playing, but still like, it's just like, that's all I hear. I'm like fucking what? And then suddenly Ben, the guitarist dives in the crowd and starts wailing his guitar around. I'm just like, well, this is scary. This is how, what this is how it ends. Isn't it? Hey, I got missile dropkick by uh, Greg Pucciato that night, the lead singer. Okay, and oh he God. he was a muscle like a two hundred plus pound muscle bound tank, and he missile dropkicked me from the stage. Like I was the target. It, it was Christ. during the song "Farewell Mona Lisa." It was scary as shit, and I remember my chest hurt for two days after. Um, my my story of seeing Grapes of Wrath was I met the Ben members after the show. Got them. Did they missile dropkick you? They didn't, they didn't, but it was funny because I was 23 years old when I saw them and I think it was on, it was near or around my birthday. So when I, I got them to sign my CD or whatever, I'm like, oh, it's like, it's my birthday. And the drummer literally looks at the remaining like people that are still at the venue, looks around going, yeah, you're definitely the youngest one here. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how I felt. This isn't like 2012. <laughs> That's how I felt in 2005 when I went to go see Collective Soul with my mom. <laughs> right? You look around, you're just like, oh, God, my cheeks are going to be infinitely pinched. I, I was uh, like, I, I was old enough to go to the show on my own, but like my parents, I they're the reason why I listened to Collective Soul in the first place. So my, me and my mom went like, yeah, I was what, 16 when that concert happened. And I just remember looking around. I think the second youngest person looked to be 21. <laughs> That's about oh, yeah. it. Well, okay. let's talk about uh, Let Me Roll It. Yes. Uh, because we haven't really, truly gotten into this yet. No, it's just been me, and that's it. 
Uh, and by the way, if there was a weird cut in there just for everyone on YouTube or even the audio word, it's because I we cut out a lot there. That was a very much a tangent that likely be on Kofi. Yeah. Uh, that's just what happens here on the show. All the time. <laughs> so sorry if something gets repeated or something. It's just we spent like 10 minutes just talking. There. <laughs> Let me roll it by wings. Uh, so i have kind of like a like one note about this song and i'm just gonna read it all because it's like kind of two notes in one i guess but you'll you'll see because there's no other way for me to really say this except verbatim there's a lot i enjoy about this track the slow but lively pace the guitar riff is always fun and the chorus is very catchy and singable obviously let me roll it to yeah that's fine easy yeah but unfortunately this song uses up a lot of its charm pretty quickly. Once you hit the second chorus, nothing changes at all. It just, it's just so it constantly loops back on itself. And yeah. I mean, if you're really digging the vibe of this song, that's fine. It works fine for you. Yeah. And um, the biggest issue, though, is having to sit here. Like, I can... I can vibe this song. I don't care. I can just have it on and not think about it. I've, I like this song. But having to sit here critically and write something about it, it gets very stale very, very quickly. And this is nearly yeah. five minutes long. But with that said, I will say it is still a good song. It's very nice and easygoing. And here you go, Savannah. Here's some acceptable Yacht Rock. Yeah. I fucking love Yacht Rock. It's so I know you um, do, idiot. So so there was a there's a playlist that was playing on Spotify and I was like, "Oh, this sounds like America. I like this." Apparently, I like the music of the band Bread. So I know that, Bread. Yeah, that's uh that's another one to add to the arsenal. Uh eventually I'm going to start walking around in uh pleated pants and collared shirts and like loafers. And just oh, you're, you're reminding me of watching people come out of the hair. Eagles concert. Yeah. I went to right? go see health one night and then fucking the Eagles gave up the same time and all these dudes and their wives, but the dudes, especially, like the wives were in band shirts. The dudes were in like Hawaiian fucking yeah. bowling shirts, the cargo G like cargo shorts with sandals. and oh Yeah. With God. no socks. They were all the same. They were no all the socks. fucking same. Fuck you, yep. Yacht Rock crowd looking motherfuckers. Yeah. Hell yeah. <sighs> I used to say, uh, I, I used to work downtown Toronto when I lived there. And uh, I would always say that, you know, welcome to Savannah's workplace uh, where everybody dresses like they, they're on a boat. <laughs> cool. You worked in a retirement yeah. home. I get it. I, I didn't. I did not. But close. Um, but you know what? Whatever. I don't work there anymore. I used to work at a Whole Foods. So that's probably. That's yeah, I was going to say like the statute of Amazon, gone. <laughs> before Amazon bought them. So they were still expensive and niche. Oh, of course. So. Yeah, it was like it was like old people hipster. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I met Nelly Furtado. She's a lot shorter than I thought. Yeah, she's, um, she's a small little lady. Yeah, she's like five, four. Um, I like the bluesy guitar that makes up the whole song. Uh, super cool. It's like this album is classified as like blues or whatever. Um, this is like the first track so far that I really felt it. And I like that. I wouldn't classify it as blues, but that's just not. Yeah. Maybe a couple tracks, but that's really it. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say pop rock and that would be it. Um, the vocal reverb gets a little annoying by the end. And I do desire some clean sounds. Uh, some research says that this is quote tape echo. Uh, don't know what it is, but it's, 
some of it sounds good, but when it's pretty much the whole song, I'm kind of like, okay, you've kind of tired me out of this already. It's no longer novelty. And I hate that. Um, is this three, like, uh, is this three, four time, or does it just sound like it? Because I tried to look it up and nothing said that it was, but also nothing said it wasn't. I'm literally just like going through the song in my head right now. Yeah. It's like one, two, three, one, two, three. It's like one, that two. waltzy feel to it. Yeah. But I wasn't sure, so I figured. No, I'd yeah, ask. I, don't, I don't think it's three four. I think it's still, I think it's still four yeah. four, with just like a triplet feel though. Like I could be wrong though. I like it. Um, and my last note, just nothing really interesting develops. It's just a slow tempo blues track, not at all about drugs. Exactly. I'm glad you came to the conclusion <laughs> at the end of the song. Right. <laughs> just come full circle. Uh, God, you said something back there I was going to make a note about. I don't remember. So let's move on then to song number six, Mamun Mamunia. That's what it is. Um, and just so we already did that. And also, no, that's not it. (laughs) I'm just trying to give you more cards. No, we've already run out. There's like, (laughs) I mean, depending on how much we had to cut out from our tangents. Yeah. Maybe I have room to add Michael Jackson in there. If not, we did Michael Jackson. Go watch that. (laughs) We did Michael Jackson thriller. Exactly. Like biggest album of all time. Um, so just in case anyone was wondering, uh, Mamunia, I, I, I don't know. It's such an easy word to say, and I can't say yeah. it. Mamunia, meanwhile, I can say Aberlinkia from fucking Mark Volta. <laughs> Mamunia uh, is uh, where Paul and Linda were staying while they were in Nigeria. And oh, apparently there was a misconception that it was a hotel or a town or something like that. But it was like, it, it means safe haven in Arabic. And that was the name of the place they stayed while they were in Nigeria. Oh. I didn't know that. Just cool. thought I'd throw that in there. I looked it up because it's like, what does that mean? So I just wanted to look into it, and that's what I found. Yeah. Cool, cool. Go ahead. Oh, oh, it's me. <laughs> okay. I just talked. Now it's your turn. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's how a conversation goes. Uh, this song is a walk through a meadow just after sunrise. Ignore the dew-soaked shoes. Um, that's all I feel. I feel it's like one of those. I, I don't know. It's. Because I'm a morning person, I really like that sort of music that it, I don't know if I've seen this in TV shows or media or movies or just anything, but I hear something like this and all I imagine is like Cinderella, but like you sit up in bed and the whole room smells like flowers and the sun's shining and the birds are chirping and the grass is is lush and green and you sit up in bed and you have these birds pulling the blankets off you and dressing you and everything is fantastic and wonderful. And that's how I feel after listening to this song. <laughs> you say you're a morning person. So how does it feel yeah. to work an overnight job? Um, it's actually really easy because you're if, there for the morning, I guess, but then yeah. you go immediately to bed. <laughs> um, I actually, I get off work at six 30 in the morning and I'm already dressed. I'm already awake. I can go do what I need to do when things are open. And if I, because earlier this year in 2023, I was working during the day and I found that I wasn't as, uh, I wasn't accomplishing as much as I wanted to because I was at work during my most productive times. So by the time I come home from work, like I used to work 6 a.m. Employers don't hear that. <laughs> six, oh, they know. Uh, 6 a.m. to 2.30. Like I'm productive at work, but in my personal life, it just sort of fell out. Like I couldn't juggle everything because later on in the day, I'm tired. I'm like, well, it's 2.30 in the afternoon by the time I get off work. You know, places, um, 
government places are closed in like an hour and a half and I still have to stand in the lineup. Do I really want to be doing that while everyone else is going to do that? I would rather do it when they open. And I find it much more fulfilling to come home, shower, change of clothes, go out what I need, go out and do what I need to do before falling asleep because I do have a more restful sleep knowing that I took care of things beforehand. So that's why I went back to nights and I don't know if we've made mention of it before, but when we started this podcast a long, long time ago, I was working nights and I was going to say you you went went back to nights. You went through two (laughs) different shift changes and probably a couple different jobs since we've started this podcast. Three, three different jobs. Uh, The one, the job that I had when we started the podcast is the job I have now. I did go back. (laughs) I did not grovel, but I did go back. And when we started this podcast, I was unemployed, but now I have like a career position. Yeah, so what oh, a yeah. change the podcast has been, apparently. Hell, hell yeah. And, uh, and no, the career is not this podcast, sad face. <laughs> but it could be if you join the RTR club for five bucks a month uh, on Kofi.com slash right Yeah, literally everybody <laughs> listening to this, that's the only way we're going to accomplish that. And you have to stay like that for a long time because oh, obviously okay. it'd be only be a monthly income at that point. So yeah. Uh, yeah. more money, please. <laughs> Mama's got to eat, so. Yes. Mamunia's got to eat. I don't know. <laughs> Damn what I should have said that. <laughs> I thought you were going, when he said mama, I thought like my brain immediately said like, oh, Mamunia's coming. Uh, speaking of which, what else you got to say about the song? Because we haven't talked about it. Um, the chorus is, uh, is the, the high point. Uh, yes, I know. Like I said earlier, I know that they only sing the song title over and over, but I do like the hand drums. I like a lot of the things that are around it. So I find it a little easier to look past because I like the way that it's presented. Um, And I like that the hand drums kind of give me a representation of them recording this in Nigeria. I don't know if that was the point. Uh, I do recall reading uh, in Wikipedia that Paul McCartney wanted to record somewhere exotic. So I don't know if Nigeria was just convenient or if that was like a set destination, but having some sort of little Afro beat sounds in this, I think is perfect. And I liked it. Made me like it a little bit more. Maybe he wanted to record in Bangladesh, but then George Harrison went there first. He's like, Oh fuck. I can't do that now. (laughs) George Harrison is so good. I'm sorry. Uh, third favorite Beatle for me. Yeah. Who's your first Ringo? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's overall the better writer. Uh, John Lynn's a little unhinged. He's also a shitty human being or was a shitty human being. Um, But uh, there's still aspects of Paul's writing. I don't like, but he's still the better writer in my eyes. But like, that's, that's a debate that'll never end. You'll never hear like, no, this is why John is this why Ringo is. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. More about this song though. Yes. So yeah, uh, the song is like, fairly minimal uh because obviously there's not a whole lot going on you got the hand drums a lot yeah. of the songs actually carry through it's like vocal layering and harmonies and so i think that's like one of the better parts of it it actually does a nice job of creating like those interesting melodies and everything like that because again it's very very minimal there's not a whole lot going on although yeah. it still feels like there's more going on than bluebird so i mean like there's a, a bit more to catch on to i will say that yeah. One thing I don't like, though, is the synth solo at the end because it just doesn't fit the mood at all. And I don't know why they added it. Just like, what were they thinking? I love you, Linda, please. Oh, apparently he had taught Linda 
how to play the keyboards, I think, in, in 1971 before they started Wings. So whatever she's doing keyboard-ish was either directed by Paul or she is like super novice and just doing the bare minimum. So I don't like, know if that makes it better or worse. I don't know if it's even relevant because it's not so much as the synth solo. It's the more yeah. or less the tone of it. Oh, because okay. everything is so soft and warm yeah. in this song. And then this like kind of harsh buzzing synth kind of blows in and just like yeah. it kills the mood a bit. So it's just okay. that I think that's more or less what I was getting at. Just I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really like that too much. There, there are, I think it might be the next song where I say the same. Yeah, it might be the next one. I don't know. We'll get to it eventually. Um, I do like the overall vibe of this song. And for some reason, I do think of Paul Simon. It might be the hand drums. I don't know. Quite possibly. Diamonds on the shoulders of her fucking shoes. Yeah, I don't. I think I've heard two Paul Simon songs maybe in you my life. You call me Al. Yeah, that one and maybe another one that I don't know. That was a saxophone to. song too. I know that much. Um, I know he's married to Edie Brickell. I know nothing else. I don't even know who that is. Uh, she sang a song I liked. I think she's a one-hit wonder. I'm not sure. Fantastic. Um, you like a lot of one-hit wonders, don't you? I I do. And then when I hear the whole album, I realize that that one-hit wonder was fucking trash. Uh, <clears throat> Marcy Playground. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> it's funny because I am going to record that video for Kofi and everyone gets to hear what songs on that album I actually like. Listen to Gone Crazy. Much better. Um, I would put this song on to fall asleep and dream about being a princess running through a wildflower laden meadow. And that was it. That was the, that was like the imagery I got from this song. And I liked it. It was nice. I didn't really get much imagery from the song, so I can't uh, relate to being a pretty princess in a field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With um, a nice little dress. It's very Taylor Swift folklore. I just, when you were talking about like Linda and like Paul teaching Linda, cause yeah. I, I just thought to myself, like, I imagine he, maybe she wanted to learn. Maybe he's like, I want an excuse for you to come with me on tour more likely and, and and after the uh the trauma he had to suffer at the hands of john and yoko in the the last years of the beatles there maybe he wanted to do this properly yeah uh, and so i i pointed that out because i'm carrying the album again in my hand here and just at the very bottom it says and paul would like to thank linda and linda would like to thank paul and thanks denny yep what an afterthought <laughs> yep oh okay. yeah uh paul also said that every love song that he wrote uh or like I guess at the time while she was alive, because she did pass away in the late nineties, um, that every love song that he wrote was for her. So clearly that, both- that love was there enough to inconvenience any fuck. He pulled his own John Lennon in just a less obnoxious way. Yeah. And didn't make some weird abstract fucking avant-garde album where they just scream into a microphone at 3 AM. At least, at least he broke away from the tribe to do something with her and didn't just try and pull her into the group. So there, there's something we should cover. We should do that. I, I can't remember the name of it, but that John and two virgins, I think it's called, but oh. the John and Yoko album where they're both naked on the cover. And it's like literally just super experimental, not even really music. Get ready to see John Lennon's Wangus. Just saying, if you look it up, I'll have to, yeah, I'm looking it up now so I can tell you. You're so. going to see her boobies and you're also going to see his Wangus. Ew. Because it's definitely not what I thought it was then. Uh, and in Yoko album. Let's look that up. Uh, if you see both of them naked. Double you... Fantasy. Is that that one? No, no. that's okay. a, that, They're kissing on the cover of that one. It's a little more yeah. wholesome. 
Yeah. And that has one of my least favorite John Lennon songs ever on it, Mind Games. I fucking despise that song. Interesting. It's so repetitive and ugly. All right. Well, maybe I'll look this up. Maybe I'll just stop. Who knows? That's fine because we got to move on now. Song number seven, No Words. And I will say immediately off the top, words in the song called No Words, automatic 50-point deduction. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Not fair. You can't do that, Paul. I mean, uh, you can do whatever you want. It's fine. You're one of the most famous people in the world. Uh, I like the instrumentals in this one uh, for the most part. Uh, the addition of the occasional string section is also really cool. So I like that. Just nice, smooth texture to have in this track. And this is probably the most Beatles sounding track on a quarter Beatle album. Oh, my God. My first line so I don't listen to the Beatles aside from known singles or songs I'd hear in my day to day, but this sounds like the Beatles. <laughs> I was going to say, I own a few Beatles albums on yeah. like vinyls and like, so I, I'm not, I, I don't claim to be an aficionado yeah. at all, but this feels like the most Beatles sounding track yeah, on the uh, album. I a hundred percent agree. You could take Paul out of the Beatles, but you can't take Beatles out of the Paul. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Yep. My, I guess my next note, seeing how you're staring at me intently. Because I just um, said things. Oh my God. I see conversation. How funny anyway. Yeah. No, not anymore. I'm out of here. Um, this definitely seems like psychedelic soft rock. I don't know if that is a genre, but I fucking hope so. Um, the beginning of this song. Now I can't even specify what it is or how long it is. There's just certain notes, I'm pretty sure, of keyboard that really, like, it's immediately when the song starts, sounds very psychedelic, and then it kind of gets into sort of that yacht rock, soft rock that I like. Um, Super down. Um, I do have some negatives, but I want to give you a chance to maybe expose some positives first. Um, Well, the first thing I'll say, you said psychedelic soft rock. Can you imagine Steely Dan covering Echoes by Pink Floyd? I can't I can't uh recall Echoes. Uh, it's a 22 minute song. Ooh. I'll tell you that much. I would I would actually like It is that. one of the most psychedelic songs Pink Floyd. It's it's the one that's like supposed to match up with Wizard of Oz like perfect. Oh. No wait, no, sorry. No, that's a lie. That's a fucking lie. It's Echoes is supposed to match up with um Space Odyssey or no or like uh, that, that fucking film by that guy. Fuck, I'm failing everything I'm doing here. Jesus. Yeah, apparently. Uh, that movie, uh, Space Odyssey 2001. Oh, no, 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's supposed to, like, line up with when he's, like, traveling through hyperspace or time or black hole or whatever the fuck's going on at that point. Interesting. And Echoes is supposed to line up perfectly with that. Whereas um, I, I believe it was uh, Dark Side of the Moon lines up with Wizard of Oz. Interesting. <clears throat> But yeah, uh, anyways, uh, that joke's funnier in my head to anyone who's heard both of those things, Steely Dan and Echoes. Um, but yeah, so I said I like the instrumentals and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, I also like the work with the guitar solo too, going towards the end, but of course it happens as the song fades out. So one of the more interesting parts of the song to me just disappears. So I mean, yeah, I, I know that songs of this era had a very bad tendency, although they probably didn't know it at the time, about just fading songs out. Like no one knew how to end songs back then. Apparently, I mean, granted, this song, the album has songs that end on it, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, I sometimes I get the idea of fading out. Like, if you're just repeating something and yeah. it fades out, I understand. Like, I've done that in my own music, and that there's a reason behind it. Like, it just makes sense to do that. Yeah. Um, but when you just start something new and immediately say "fuck it," 
that's where, and I can tell by your your glowing red face that you agree with that. So I'm glad I'm not alone. Okay, so I was going to read my my notes up until this one, but I'm just going to jump this one in. Okay, I'm going to move away from the microphone because I did write this in all caps. Yell it out. Also, stop fading the song when something new is happening. I fucking hate that. That's happened more than once on this show. (laughs) Yes, and I am kicking things over with my gusto and anger. Um, There is one song in particular, and this is by Asia, and I forget what it's called. Stop bringing them up. We're not listening to them. I'm going to put this fucking album on it. Also, didn't know they were super groups. Pretty cool. Um, (laughs) But uh, I have to get to their... No, you don't. You can just keep going about this song. (laughs) I don't want to cut more out. Please don't give me more no, no, work. No, 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 no. We don't have to. Um, I just want to figure out what the song, but it doesn't matter what the song is. Um, I always bring it up and they sing a new verse and then fucking fade the song. And it makes me live it every, every single time I hear it. Why are we doing that? It makes me so mad. Um, again, this is the one. I don't know if it's just me or my headphones, but the guitar is so fucking loud. Why? It swallows the rest of the instrument. It swallows the rest of the instruments, but I guess it's normal because it has such a long neck. Hmm. Um, Now, I don't know. Again, don't know if it's just me or once the electric guitar comes in, it just kind of becomes noise. Um, Then my yelling about the fading of the song and then circling back to the beginning, the first few bars were very pleasant and I liked it. Well, there you go. You had some pleasantries at the end there, except for that one yelling match. That was about it. Yeah, that was it. Done and done. also, shortest song on the album, two minutes and 35 seconds. It, I did not realize how long the songs were on this um, album. Like the vast all. majority of songs are over four minutes. This and yeah. Bluebird are under four minutes. Dang. This so, one felt a little long, but probably because I was like, eh, okay, we're done. That's yeah. how I felt about what uh, Mrs. Vanderbilt or whatever it was called. Yeah. But just kept going and going. And there was like yeah. a bunch of false starts and you're stuff like, like that. Like, I'm, I'm done now. Thank you. I was going to say, I already said all that stuff anyway, so it's time to move on. Yes. Song number eight, Picasso's last words, parentheses, drink to me. I, I will do that with my comedically large box of vodka iced tea. Yeah, me too, with my blue moon. That used to be called uh, Belgian moon, but apparently not any longer. Cheers, Paul. Um, I don't, Paul. okay, so I, I'm just, I, I want to make sure this is the right song. I'm just, because I got like a, a few notes for this one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind this being a mostly acoustic track. Uh, but the sudden drum fills between certain passages. And this is like in the first. So this song, it feels like it's like one, two, one, two with its sectioning. So like you have one, you have something different. You have one, it goes back to that one, goes back to the two. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I have in my head here. So this first section, it's fine being mostly acoustic, weird sudden drum fills, especially in the first portion. felt like an odd choice. It, it felt like the, like it was just different for the sake of being different rather than mm-hmm. creatively. So I don't know. I, I felt a little strange about that. Um, and it's hard to believe, especially with the first portion of the song at the very least, that I have not heard some dude at a pub on a Thursday night do an acoustic version of this song. <laughs> really? Because like it's literally like just saying, drink to me, blah, 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 do whatever, do this. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, why have I heard like wild horses by the Rolling Stones at a bar more than this song? Do you know that was actually Picasso's last words? Oh, I was okay. I'm going to jump ahead because I have have a, 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 not even a joke about it because I'm not funny. Uh, Where the hell is, okay, there it is. 
Uh, wait, no, there, there, it's not. I wrote a note about what I have too much on my fucking page here. <laughs> Never mind. Well, if you close the porn browsers, maybe you'd be able to find what you're looking for. You're right. Uh, let's see. Zoo file close. <laughs> That's a dark joke. <laughs> okay, so I do have a note about that. Why was that the first thing I said? I don't anyway. know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad you knew what that was, though. Yeah, it's. Ah, uh, welcome to the club. Apparently, yeah. Fucking welcome to Reddit. I'm that's, a, that, that's a joke, by the way. Everyone listening, Ugh. that was a joke. Don't take yeah. that seriously. Just uh huh. Funny bits. Anyways, uh, going back to Picasso's last yes. words. Literally his last words too. Uh, I'll just read this whole note. The song changes up about a quarter of the way through. With and there was a jet reprise in there yes. too. Yes. Uh, so I figured, so like, was that yeah. Picasso's last words? Were just saying jet over jet. and over again. <laughs> In, yes. in, like so in that part and also the final quarter of the song um feels like they lost kind of the momentum that i was enjoying even though it felt softer in the first first and third quarters yep. i like that better but the second and fourth kind of killed it for me okay so i'm just gonna whip right through all of these um the chorus makes me think the right side of the headset doesn't work because it's just a large shaker while most of the song is mixed to the left side this sounds like an end of record track. Not only does it ring of, yeah, we can skip this. It's the end anyway, but it does have a jet reprise included. Wasn't sure if I was using the word reprise properly. Very pleased that I was. Yes. Um, I know I like songs that really pack a lot into the time they have, but I like when it's cohesive. I don't feel like this is cohesive at all. The R&B soft rock they have going on is pleasant, but doesn't last what is this ending? Sounds like they're playing a bop it. And I would not listen to this song as a standalone track. Hey, you're doing that thing that I usually do where I'll say a note and then you agree with it. Yeah. Um, because I, I, have <laughs> something, I have something that kind of mirrors that. Um, yeah, I don't know. This song was a weird amalgamation of things. Uh, the final <laughs> quarter like just changes up again. Yeah. Uh, the song just changes too much and it goes back between that one and two but it doesn't feel again no good transitioning it doesn't really feel so good this feels so poor and forced and there's a uh, mrs vanderbilt ending as well i missed that while listening to it what the hell do you didn't hear it at all i didn't it was only when i was writing the intro to the band they were literally going and i was hey ho ho hey ho I probably had checked out by then because the jet, I was like, oh, I like this. And then by the that end, was I was earlier. like, fuck this. Yeah, I was like, fuck this shit. But my, just on top of that, I just say, what the hell is this song? Right? And this literally sounds like sitting at a pub and you're just singing all these like fucking wings song that you have to really like <laughs> when you're on your like sixth pint. And you are, yeah, you are just out there. Yeah. Like this is like you want to do like jet at karaoke, but like you you can't even talk properly, let alone actually remember <laughs> lyrics. Yeah, and then and then you, you you're singing Jet, but you forget it, and so you're just like, oh, hey, oh, oh. people are just <laughs> like, like, fuck, like, Jimmy, that's not even the right song. You're like, yeah, yeah, close enough. And and then you 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 go on YouTube, but you don't become viral because those videos don't become viral anymore. Not back in the good old days when you could sit, literally miss say something and it gets like a million hits. Oh my god. Yeah. We say I, things I, wrong all the time. We don't get that money, so I know that's why it doesn't work. It's gonna say, come on, pick apart the stuff I'm saying, and we need the engagement. Come on. Well, I do that. We need other people to do that. Yeah. 
All right. Final song of the album. Only song number nine, too. So it's a uh, like one of those 70s albums, so they're much shorter. Song number nine, 1985. What a title. I enjoy the intro piano riff and the bass combo. I like that. that yeah, cool. it's a little bit disco-ish. Yeah. I mean, I'm the drums for... aren't super disco-ish, but like just the feel of it has that like kind of like 70s danceable atmosphere to it. So it's very of its time disco. I did not think Paul McCartney was singing this. I thought maybe someone else was just, you know, how sometimes they'll have another singer at like the last couple songs or yeah, like something Denny like Lane that. Or something. Yeah. I, I looked everywhere and everything said that Paul McCartney sang. It sounds great. I think- didn't, did not know that was it. It sounds like it sounds different because it sounds like gravelly, but I like the lyrics or not the lyrics. I like the vocals regardless of who's singing. But the fact that he can completely drop his fucking accent, <laughs> this is pretty good because he sounds American. There are songs that he's done with the Beatles in the past. I think um, there was a version of I've Got a Feeling, which was on like their last album. It's not a Black Eyed Peas cover, is it? No. Yeah, they, they covered the Black Eyed Peas way back in 1960X, what? whatever the fuck it was. I had to clarify for the listeners who might not know. Will I Am was just like in their subconscious. He didn't <laughs> exist, but he was there subconsciously. He was like an ethereal being. Um, There's a portion of the song where like, you could hear the Scottish coming out in Paul. Oh yeah. There's a version of this. I'm not the original, like that one everyone heard. There was a version I heard where like, it was maybe another take and just in the way that he says a feeling I can't hide, but it, just the way he said hide, it had that like Scottish, like will to it. Like feel like I can't hide like something like that. Like it was, <laughs> it was so, it was interesting. So cool. yeah, he's good at dropping the accent, but sometimes something pops out and apparently he's Scottish. I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Um, but yeah, this song, good fun pacing, and it adds like a lot of life to the end of the album too. So that's really good. Uh, I do like the the. It only pops up like once, maybe twice, if I remember correctly. But like the choir, like bridge in the track, uh, it's it's very brief and acts as a good like temporary rest point. It's not too long, so it doesn't really feel like too abrasive or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and then just like my final note has a lot to do with um the the ending because like there's like a lot of drama and intensity going into that final portion mm-hmm. uh like you have this like heavy bass drum hits you got this str- string section that kind of comes in just being layered gradually like unfortunately there's not much in the way of a payoff uh like because it feels like it's building to something and then just kind of ends but like that's yeah. what it is. i still like the way it sounds though and i mean then it ends on another reprise, the Band on yeah. the Run reprise. It's a good thing they did that because I almost forgot what album this was. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I only have five points. Quick fire. I like this. Minimal processing and effects. Nice heavenly organ. Shaker could be a little quieter, so when they remaster this again, they can work on that. The guitar is so loud again, it drowns out the keyboards almost, almost completely. The horns are used for emphasis, and I like this song. Chaotic ending, but I like that it ends with a glimpse back to the beginning. See, I'm not too big on that. Like, I don't know why. That, like, If you're going to loop back on yourself, at least yeah. make this a concept album where like, it makes sense to go back to the beginning, so then you just listen True. to the story again. If yeah. you're going to like this... Like, is this, is this us saying see you later to this album? Because, I mean, like, that's all I got from it. It's like, oh, it's over. See it. Bye. Paul yeah, rides off like in a, the sunset. Yeah, exactly. He rides off in a sunset on a parade float that is playing Band on the Run as it drives off into the sunset. 
just the lone float, not the parade, just that one float. And it's only playing band on the run. And it's and driving unusually weird. fast, like 90 kilometers an hour. It's just like all the flowers and everything are blowing off into the, into the road. Yeah, like all the streamers are just going to going off and everything <laughs> like that. And just like everything's falling off. It just turns into a car by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yes how that works. yes that is how this album ends yes a uh busted up old cadillac driving off into the sun the sahara desert well with that said this busted old cadillac can finally be put to rest because we are at the end of Oof. band on the run by paul mccartney and wings just in case mm-hmm. you forgot those fellas too apparently all of those guys back there on that album yes cover. yes all nine of them um, one for every song this album as, as i said like Paul's my favorite Beatle. I like his writing. Not everything he does is a winner. Uh, this album has its moments, but also has its not moments. Let's just say that much. Um, I have never heard this entire album as per usual with a lot of the ones that I choose. Uh, I really, it. well, I've listened to Band on the Run frequently my entire existence. And it gives, this title song gives me a lot of uh, personal warmth and nostalgia. Uh, the rest of the songs were just a vessel to get band on the run into my ears. And I was curious to how they sounded. They were okay. There you go. <laughs> well, we're going to have to find how okay they were. Really yes. Are because we're kind of moving on to that point. But anyway, thank you very much for joining us for this episode, hanging out, listening to this album. If you indeed did, let us know what you think down in the comments below of wherever you're listening. Cause there's comment sections everywhere. We are curious. You just listened to us ramble on for actually, I don't know how long at this point. Cause <laughs> so long. The, it, it's so long, but there's a lot. I know I cut out of the actual yeah. episode, so it's not as long for them. I told <laughs> you, I don't leave my house. So this is the only human interaction I get a week. I'm so sorry. Do y'all want to go up to three hour episodes? Let us know down in the comments <sighs> below where it's nothing but tangents. It is like 20% review, 80% just whatever. Yeah. Who wants to have a conversation with someone with unmedicated AGHD? Chris doesn't. I've had to for 77 episodes. So why not? It's just something that I'm used to. It's my everyday life now <laughs> or every week life because I don't talk Pops every- a pill to sleep. <laughs> now that's CBD. But anyways, with that said, it's time to move on to part two because you can let us know what you think about the album, but there's more to let us know. Like, where would you rank songs? Where would you rate records? Well, we'll let you know that right now because that's what we're going what we're gonna to do. So above our heads, boom, graphics have changed. There are names. There are numbers. It's going to be more name song names specifically because it's time for us to rank the songs to clearly not that great at all to pretty damn good. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, cool. I thought you had more to say. say. Oh, no, not at all. Normally you go first. So I'm like, okay, tell me what your number nine was. Just like, yeah, hell yeah. Silence. I thought you had more to say after that. Absolutely not. This is the best part about our dynamic. Sometimes it just doesn't work. (laughs) If we could finally get a place where we can record in person, I'm sure it would be a little bit easier. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up for that because it's just... Not in the cars. Maybe at one point it will be for a single episode wink. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, it's just logistically impossible. It It is. I live on Mars. All right. What is your number nine? And I live down in a well. But anyways, <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's get this started because that's what we kind of have to do now. So yeah. is, is it really a surprise song number nine? Bluebird. Uh, Picasso's last words. Uh, parentheses. Drink to me. 
I won't, but I will drink to Paul McCarty out of this comedically large box of vodka iced tea. See, every time that was warm. Every time drinking is referenced now, I have to take a drink out of that box and I have to comment on that being a comedically large box of vodka iced tea. And then every other show is just filled with water. And you're like, oh. I'm just going to reuse this box. No, I'm going to go ahead and re- I'm never going to reuse that again. I'm going to recycle that shit. <laughs> Number eight, Mamunia. Number eight, no words. I have. Except no for the ones I just said. Ha, 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 ha. Like Number it. seven, Picasso's last words. Number yes. seven, Bluebird. Uh, Bluebird. God, why did you like that song? <laughs> eh, I didn't like the other two worse than that one. Which is fascinating. Anyways, number six, let me roll it. Number six, let me roll it. Hey, we had a match. Yeah, we didn't even say how many we were going to get, so I'm going to take the one. I don't and trust shut, anything anymore. And I'm going to shut the hell up. <laughs> um. If I don't know what we're gonna, else we're going to match in this, if anything at all, I will say though that brings us to ninety-one overall. We have to hit like we have to hit a hundred before episode one hundred. We actually have to do it. Okay. Well, we definitely have enough time. Doesn't mean we're going to do it. <laughs> True, but maybe if you get your reviews a little better, then it'd be fine. Says the person who picks <laughs> shit albums. <laughs> number five, band on the run. Speaking of <sighs> albums, number five, Mrs. Vanderbilt. See, this is why no we're not going to get up to hundred. Mm. Well, maybe and, if you uh, liked the songs I liked, it would and be the better. Built like a fucking tank. Number four, no words. Number four, Mamunya. Mamunya. Number three, Mrs. Vanderbilt. Number three, 1985. I'm just going to write 1985 because it's shorter. Yeah, but not the Bowling for Soup song. Number two, 1985. Number two, Jet. Fuck off. Number one, Jet. Number one, band on the run. I don't know how I, anyone thought I was going to choose anything else. I uh, and, and I love knew that song. Too. I just I hate that Jet was number two. Yeah, band on the run is totally my favorite song. If I ever get out of here, I'm giving all the way. Like I fuck that. So I'll tell you something right now with that song. Uh, each part of it, as I said, it's like in three parts. I yeah. literally scored each part individually, then took the the average of all three and gave me my song score. Yeah. So the third part actually got a pretty damn good score, but everything else kind of brought that down, especially that second part. I dragged the score. I I throw a weighted dart at a board, and then whatever it hits, that's what I score it. That was you with Mars Volta, apparently. <laughs> No. Uh, except, yeah, not weighted, but like you, you would have had to like whip it at the board if it just lands in the same place over and over again. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. It's all good. Speaking of the Mars Volta, it's time to ra- rate the album of Paul McCartney. Rank and the record. It's exactly. called Rate the Record, Chris. We've had 77 episodes of doing this. Get your you shit together. started it. Don't make me put them in the clip. I'll do it. Anyways, yes, it's time to rate the record. That is part three. So let's go ahead and transition screens now. Hushing. Hey, look at that album rating screen. We have a thing full of albums and And the uh, new number one. Well, that was a little tiny while ago at this point. It was a few episodes back. The Mars Volta, yes, is our new number one. Uh, I was going to point out the poster behind me, but we're not currently on camera right now, so that doesn't really matter anyways, <laughs> even though I already pointed out the poster, so it doesn't really matter. Regardless, yes. uh, what we did last week was the request for the birthday massacres under your spell. Yeah. B minus tier. Oh, look at that. We B tiered something crazy to oh, think Oh, no. Uh-huh. 
There's no way we would ever B tier anything ever. We couldn't possibly for... B tier a B toll, could we? Except for all of the B tier things that are clearly on the screen right now. And there are more B tier albums combined right. than any other tier, like all the other tiers combined. <laughs> Oops. Yikes. Uh, anyways, we got shit to do. I was going to be comments about that, but I probably shouldn't. Anyways. Yes. Let us move on by actually putting this album somewhere on our list. That <sighs> album being Paul McCartney and Wings with Band on the Run. So we got to deter- determine where this is going to go. I guess I'm going first since it's your yes. choice. So um, th- this is what I was alluding to in the beginning, saying like I own the album. I obviously like it, but yeah. I also alluded to the idea like it's just better to listen to casually rather than critically. Yeah. Critically, Can I guess before you say yeah, it, it. I want to guess seventy four. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll tell my score in just a second anyways, but you said 74 yes, yes. on the dot. Yep. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, so like listening to this album critically versus casually, I feel very differently about it. I don't hate it, but the, I will say Bluebird actually brought the score down significantly. Oh no. Like this is like a through oh, her fuck. eyes scenario. Like this oh, is no. bad. It's like 68 then. I'm still taking your 74, but that's yep. close though, because it was 67.77. Holy Fucking shit. Jet got a 9.5, but like, yeah. okay. Do, do you want me to like unveil the curtain? Blooper got a 2.5 out of 10. Oh I my fucking God. Hated that, 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 that's why I said it oh went through Lord. her eyes. It's like the exact same. Yeah. Shit, did that not get a lower score than through her eyes did? Uh, through her eyes was either the same or two exactly. Holy shit! I rated I rated it so much higher than you did. I knew you I, probably would. I was not. I did not hate it that much. The things that I didn't like, I was like, so "That's what fine." You're saying is B tier album. Okay, let's it is a B tier. It is a fucking B tier album because I rated it as an eighty point two two. That's a little much. <laughs> it is a little much. I if it was like seventy nine, I'd be like, "Yes." fine i was anticipating maybe 74 to 76 so i thought that's where it would lie but i think because i rated band on the run and jet so high that it made up for the other ones that i rated a little lower so but i didn't go as low as 2.5 that that is cruel that is cruel that's a terrible song. Yeah. I, I, I don't do that often on this. Show. I've very rarely do I rank songs that low. So, you yeah. know, I do not like it. If it goes like, I won't Dang. be polite either. If I hate it, I will let it fucking know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 67, not the best score, but not the worst. But with that said, our combined score, you keep saying 74. God damn. Were you close? Because Woo! 73.99 right there it is still regular b it's not b minus it's b straight yeah. holy shit it is better than kate bush hounds of love not as good as pearl jam's 10 the very so first episode he, he beat out an english lady but not an american yes. band oh yeah i can see this getting some controversy We're an right american here. band we're in a, can we do Grand Funk Railroad? We could, yeah. but it will, it'll probably be C tier. <laughs> ah, let's do that. I, I think I like all of two Grand Funk Railroad songs and the, the, everything else. They have one that annoys me endlessly. Is it, is it Locomotion? Because that and American Band are the only two that I know. I can tolerate Locomotion. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, what's what's that fucking idiot? So the, the I'm Your Captain song. I'm getting closer oh. to my home. Hate. I don't know oh. that one. Ooh, that might even go lower. Although the first half of the song's good, the second half is just brutally annoying. I'm your captain, yeah. Anyway, that song before. Okay. 
uh, kind of just transitioning back in now because I've gotten out of uh, cutting this part of the actual video. So, hey, here we are. Hello. Welcome back to the camera on the screen. Look at that. Paul McCartney managed to get straight B2. He beat out Kate Bush. Yeah. People were already mad enough at us for putting Kate Bush in the B tier. So now that she's another- getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, this the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Everyone shut the hell up. She's yeah. getting what she deserves. Leave but us alone. But not our Hall of Fame. So that's what's going to no. piss people off more because we're like the standard of music. Yeah, right? Not our Hall of Fame at all. Like, there's one, and it's just a picture of Chris for some reason. I don't know why it's there. Well, because I'm like the founder. I'm like the CEO. I'm the president. I'm every position that you're not. What are you, Elon Musk now? Oh, fuck, don't, don't even compare me to that guy. Because I, I, I think I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. Yeah. Come on now. Okay, <laughs> that will get some hate. Lord, I know that will. That, that'll get some not praise, stupid. but hate. Yeah, I don't think you're stupid in that way. But continue. You're making me blush. <laughs> Anyways, yes, that is Paul McCartney and Wings with mm-hmm. Band on the Run. It is a B-tier album, so that's where we put it. But now we want to know, where did you put it? How did you rank the songs? What did you think about the album overall? Let us know down in the comments below, because we are super curious to know. We want you to be part of this discourse, because that's exactly what this podcast is for, is discourse about music. We're not the only ones here. You're here, too. So please let us know down in the comments of wherever you're listening. And with an album like this, where our scores are so polarizing, I would like to know, are you closer to Chris's lower score or my higher score? Or do you lie somewhere in the middle? I want to meet the person who's perfectly in between, like in the middle average (laughs) median type thing. Yeah, yeah. Gets it it, where it lies on the list. What, 70... 3.99 3.99 that's their score and, be, and because this is a beetle i'm very curious about people who could be listening to this episode as yeah. well they probably hate it because of all the tangents we went on <laughs> to get to the point just praise it already no <laughs> but anyways yes we want to hear your opinions please let us know you can listen down in the comments below you can listen on our social medias at rate the record podcast over on facebook instagram and tiktok there's so many places you can let us know and you can find all of those places at rate the record.ca all the streaming links social media album giveaway which remember we are giving away the arctic monkeys whatever you people think i am i am not i hate saying that album so much because it's so fucking long but that's for may 2023 so you can fill that out album requests kofi and uh i'm just gonna <clears throat> merch is out in there somewhere so go ahead and check that out all at rate the record.ca i'm gonna make that more formal later but i'll just cough that up now because it's technically on the website now yeah why not? I just, why we, not? Just, we just we just that consider that the cold opening okay how about that yeah i don't know what you said so i can't repeat it so i hope you no one else it, did too it. but at the same time yeah. they're gonna go to rate the record.ca and notice a brand new link there i'll say that much uh-huh. you know exactly what i'm talking about though even if you didn't hear me <laughs> anyways yes we are at the end of the episode so once again thank you very much i uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode and yes we want to know your opinion but before we let you go we want to give you a little bit of a sneak preview of what to expect next week so a couple of things regarding next week's episode didn't even really point it out that today was the second last episode for season four so what could that mean for next week oh it's the finale of season four wow we are there it's, it's fucking wild that we're there already it feels like we just did the tea party like a handful of weeks ago right so oh here we God. are like 17 episodes through the season and we finally finish it like 17 next week anyways um so i will say it is the first time in season for season four that we've we're going to be covering a band that we've already covered on the show so we actually yes. do have a comeback um this album that they're doing yeah god i wish um this album came out 34 years ago so it could be brooks and dunn holy I, I, shit 
Yeah, no, that kind of freaks out a little bit, huh? You know, 34 years ago, and it has one of the band's most staple hits. And even if it's not like, like, it is a pretty big hit single, but this is like a concert staple. It's like, if they don't play it, people riot. Like, this is a big song, uh, very monumental album, and it's a debut album. Ooh. I was going to guess Oak Ridge Boys with Elvira, but I think I'm wrong. Elvira, like big titty Elvira? No, no, like, uh, like Elvira. My heart's on fire. It's a country song. When you say Elvira, I think of Mommy Goth. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, I I think of a... Yes. You know what? Just Google it. I'm not even going to go there Yes, anymore. Google Elvira. I will do that yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, sure. Anyways, uh, while you're Googling Elvira and trying to figure out what next al- week's album is, we will let you go now. So go ahead and go listen to some awesome music. Like, hey, maybe if you like Paul McCartney, maybe if you like the Beatles, check out Band on the Run. Yeah. And we will see you again next week. So take care, friends. Bye-bye.